Although I did not share the following personal history with the class, I can share an experience that has some similarities to that that my wife Mary and I encountered much earlier in our marriage. When our identical twin daughters were almost three, Mary gave birth to a third daughter. The delivering physician appeared and I was told that this infant girl was severely deformed and not expected to live. Mary was still in recovery and it fell to me to tell her when she woke up. Not surprisingly, I was stunned and felt like our world had exploded. She was anxious because the nurses were avoiding saying anything, and when she saw me, she asked what was wrong. I had thought that I would be strong for her and contain my feelings. However, I began crying, and she joined me. Although the baby was in trouble, the doctors and nurses did what they could, including keeping her in an incubator. After two to three weeks of touch and go, she was stabilized, and Mary and I were left with the finding a nursing home since she needed 24-hour care, and we were ill-equipped to do that since we had two little ones to care for already. As you read this, you are making judgments about us based on what you might have done in a similar situation. Remember, even if you disagree, if you were us, you would make the same choice. And if I were you, I would do what you would have done. We spent the next two weeks visiting various nursing homes where we saw all kinds and ages of deformities, a very dark experience. I was more normal then, and I put myself through all kinds of scenarios. Our physician asked if I needed medication to help me sleep, and I thought that might be a way of dealing with my pain with the potential to become an addict. I thought about drinking myself into a stupor. I also considered suicide since my life seemed to stretch into a dreary gray future. I even considered abandoning my family and becoming a beach bum. The path I came up with was based on my Viking heritage. I would keep a stiff upper lip, put my shoulder to the wheel, and keep my nose to the grindstone. Sounds pretty grim, doesn't it? Fortunately, a friend of mine knew a father who had a little girl in the nursing home that we were considering and gave me his number so I could get a parent's perspective. When I called him, he was very open in his sharing of his experience over the last five years. Several times during our conversation, he would say, Marlo, you think this is the end of the world, but it really isn't. I think he was trying to give me hope. However, the voice tone conveyed resignation more than hope, as if spoken from the bottom of a well. As I hung up the phone, I turned to Mary and said, I have just had the best example of what I'm not going to do to myself. It is a tragedy to have an infant like ours, however, I'm not going to make a tragedy of myself. This decision has been key in the way I have chosen to live. My and your experience of what is going on out there is determined by how we chose to view our or umpire the event, not determined by the event. Each of us is stuck in the role of umpire who makes the call. 
and that call is our experience, i.e. what we make up. And in our own mind, we are always right, although our experience may not match somebody else's interpretation. An unexpected plus has been in my private practice where before, when I heard some of the terrible stories from my clients, I had intimidated myself since I didn't have a comparable experience. For example, being raised by an alcoholic parent or being molested or finding the body of a parent who had committed suicide, which were all good justifications or alibis for living a lousy life. Now I had a similar passport. I just chose not to use it. To provide closure about our third daughter, because of a strong heart and lungs with a functioning digestive tract, she lived or existed for 33 years. She never talked or was toilet trained, had little muscle tone, unable to feed herself, and spent her life in a wheelchair or bed since she could not walk or stand because her knees were frozen and her feet were bent under, among other signs of impairment. We went to see her fairly often to begin with. However, when the years passed and there was no recognition, we slowed down. There was a financial toll, but with help from one of the grandparents, it was not overwhelming. When I wrote the check, I would momentarily get on the burner since the money could have gone into the twins' college fund but I could get off the burner quickly by saying to myself that it provided a great opportunity for me to learn a very important lesson, that it isn't so much what happens to me, it's what I make of it internally. As I said, I'm the umpire in my life and nothing means anything until I make the call. How about you? In answering that question, you will answer one of two ways based upon whether you are at the wheel of your vehicle or in the back seat. If you are in the latter position, the event is driving you. If you are at the wheel, you may initially choose the victim position and then change your mind, which will result in a different experience. Using the vehicular model, I am suggesting that as you drive down the highway of life, on occasion, you may head for the ditch However, when you get feedback from the rumble strip or the burner, you can easily and gently steer back into a smooth lane. Earlier, when I made the comment that early childhood trauma justifies leading a lousy life, I also used the word alibi, and I want to make two points. First, if I were that person, I would do the same thing. Since then, I would be that person, and that is the way they are operating themselves. Second, I want to say that although we are products of the past, we are not prisoners of the past. Remember, we are stuck with freedom to choose. We cannot change the past, nor can we change any of our footsteps up to now. However, we are free to make our next step in a new direction.